Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Be honest. Are you completely obsessed with your shoes? Have you been known to talk about your shoes to friends, family, and people in line at the grocery store? If not, then you probably don't have Rothy's. Because when you have shoes that are comfortable, washable, and come in tons of styles and colorways, obsession is basically mandatory. Just ask the millions of women who wear Rothy's every single day. You may have heard of the point and the flat from Rothy's, but they also make insanely comfortable sneakers, loafers, ankle boots, and more. Plus, every single Rothy's product is made with sustainable materials like plastic water bottles and marine plastic. So not only are they comfortable, washable, wear everywhere shoes that look great on your feet, they're great for the planet too. Step up your shoes and accessories this spring and get ready to be asked, are those Rothy's? And for a limited time, you can get $20 off your first purchase when you go to rothys.com slash comfort. That's $20 off at rothys.com slash comfort. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys are having an amazing day and an amazing week as you guys listen to this episode. So for all my new listeners, welcome. My name is DeAndre Nicola and I'm the host of Manifest Daily. And if you're an OG listener, hi, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. So today's episode is a long awaited one, at least for me. I've been so excited to actually sit down and record with this particular individual who I'll tell you about in a second, but I am just really excited for you guys to hear this episode. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, which we, you, I mean, you should, like, I mean, you know, if you're not following me, baby girl, what are you doing? No, I'm kidding. I know some of y'all don't have Instagram, but if you do follow me on Instagram, then you should know that I have been on my psychological thriller book kick. Like I have fallen back in love with reading psychological thrillers, fiction books, just like, honestly, it's been getting me through the, the ever continuing quarantine lockdown inside time that we've all been experiencing. And recently I had the pleasure of finding, downloading and reading a book called The Perfect Marriage. So The Perfect Marriage um, which you guys will hear what it is about a little bit later on this episode, but The Perfect Marriage is actually written by Geneva Rose. And Geneva is this amazing soul. She is, again, the author of the best-selling novel, The Perfect Marriage. She is also an author that writes under the pen name J.R. Adler, and she writes a series that's called Dead Woman Crossing. So 
Geneva is amazing. I actually contacted her after reading The Perfect Marriage and finishing the book. It was so, so, so good. If you guys haven't read it, I highly recommend. And I hit her up and I was like, hey, love this book. Would love to have you on the podcast just to talk not only kind of like about the book, but just about your journey as a writer, as an author, um, your journey just coming up with the idea for this book and really bring it to fruition and bring it into the actual 3D world that we know and live in today. And I thought this would be a really cool episode for those of you who are possibly interested in writing. Maybe you have an idea, you're not really sure what to do, how to bring it to life. Or if you're not really a writer per se, but maybe you just have an idea for something and you found yourself kind of in the space where you're experiencing a lot of disappointment, hearing a lot of no's, a lot of rejection, like how to actually deal with that and overcome that because Geneva and I chat a little bit about that and how she overcomes that specifically in her journey so that she can go ahead and not only publish the book, but really take it to that next level, especially when she had people around her that that didn't really believe in the book and she was getting a lot of rejection. So we chat a lot about that as well. So get excited for this episode because I love it. I think it's an awesome episode. Grab your coffee, grab your snacks, baby, tune in, okay? Because we it's, it's a lit one, it's a lit one. And before we dive into today's episode with Geneva... I just want to give you guys a little update on my time here in Texas because as I currently record this, it's Monday the 15th. So I've been here for, let's see, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days. We're going on our fifth day currently. And it is just, it's really weird. Like I, you know how sometimes things happen to you and you feel like you're in a dream and you're like, is this real life? Like, I don't know if this is happening. I don't necessarily feel that, but I just keep like thinking, wow, like so much has changed from February 15th, 2020 to February 15th, 2021, my life has done a complete 180. Like it is really, really, really insane. And I know that we often talk a lot about how so much can change in the span of six months, a year, two years, heck, like even just a week, so much can change. And I think that, you know, it's just one of those moments where I've been having a lot of like periods of reflection where I've just been sitting down and really thinking about like what my life looked like around this time last year, what my thoughts were, what my dreams were, what my hopes were, and how has that changed or how has that evolved and what am I actually experiencing right now? So it's really interesting to sort of like come to terms with everything that's happened and to also find myself again in that reflection period and really just like sitting with everything with just a sense of calmness and a sense of you know what I am really just giving it up to God like at this point I am you know there are things that I'm a little panicked about or not even panicked I feel like that just sounds panicked the word panicked but there are things that you know I've mentioned on this podcast I've mentioned on Instagram that I have just like my own fears around or my own like nervousness or worries around especially when it comes to the vision that I hope to create for myself in terms of like creating a family but I'm also at that point at this point just really trying to lean into like you know it whatever is going to happen or whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen and 
right now I'm just focusing on creating content, working on the podcast, working on the Patreon. If you are not a member or supporter of the Patreon yet, I would love if you guys could check it out. The link is in the show notes and the link is also on the Instagram bio. It's just, um, I believe it's just patreon.com slash the manifest daily. If you're interested in seeing what we have to offer on Patreon, I'd be really, really excited for you guys to go ahead and join over there. But yeah, at this point, I'm just really working through life and just kind of, you know, working through what it's like to truly not like be alone because I obviously have my friends and my family, but they don't live here. Right. So it's like what it's like to spend a lot of my time alone. And I've been bored. I've been there are times when I'm bored. There are times when I'm kind of like, okay, you know, it'd be nice if I could go into like the living room and chat with someone. But at the same time, it's. It's one of those times in my life where I know that this won't last forever. So I'm really trying to also embrace it and accept it and enjoy it for what it is and truly just find the goodness in everything that's happening. So that is my update on Texas living. And again, if you're interested in seeing like how the place is coming together, just sort of like day to day stuff, um, follow me on Instagram. It's just the manifest daily. I post pretty much every single day. Um, I don't do in-feed posts every single day anymore because, girl, listen. Listen, I got a lot going on, okay? I got a lot going on. But I do post on my stories pretty much every single day. So go ahead and follow me over there. And yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this episode with me and Geneva. It is an amazing one. Again, check out the show notes for the links to Geneva's socials and also to the book, The Perfect Marriage. And if you've read it and you enjoy it, come find me on Instagram. Let's chat about it a little bit. And if you haven't, again, link will be in the show notes. Thank you guys again so much for tuning into this episode. And I will chat with you guys in the next one. Let's go ahead and dive into this combo. today's episode yeah thank you for having me of course so every time I have a guest on I love to do sort of like an intro because of course not everyone is as familiar with you and your amazing book as I am (laughs) Um, I think more people are probably getting familiar now with the TikTok we can talk about that a little bit later but for those who are just tuning in who may not be as familiar with you can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do Yeah. um, So my name is Geneva Rose. I am the author of The Perfect Marriage, which is a psychological thriller that tells the story of a top criminal defense attorney who defends her husband when he's accused of murdering his mistress. So that's been making the rounds on the internet. And then I also write under a pen name, J.R. Adler, where I write a mystery series um, called the Detective Kimberly King series. The first book, Dead Woman Crossing, released in September and the second book in the series called last day alive will release April 20th of this year. Oh my gosh. I love that. I have (laughs) been really into psychological thrillers lately. So, uh, the perfect marriage was so juicy. If anyone's listening and they haven't read it yet, highly recommend. I've already put it on Instagram and stuff, but I love that you also write different, um, first of all, writing under a pen name. That's interesting. I'm kind of curious, um, why you write under a pen name, but 
before we even dive into that, I would love to learn more about your writing journey. So again, for anyone listening who may have an idea for a book or who they're just kind of curious about what that process looks like, what is the process involved when you have an idea for a novel and what specifically was the process involved for writing The Perfect Marriage? Okay, um, so my writing journey was very different than a lot of like traditional authors. Um, I started writing, actually getting really serious about writing books back in 2016. I wrote a book. It didn't get an agent. It didn't go anywhere. I queried it way too early. Um, Then I wrote The Perfect Marriage and I got an agent within two weeks of querying back in 2017. And I literally thought like, it's so hard to get an agent that when you get one, you think, oh my gosh, my whole life's going to change. And it didn't. Um, it went out on a couple of rounds of submission with editors. Um, it got turned down a lot and basically they said it wasn't marketable or it wouldn't stand out in the suspense genre since it's so competitive that I ended up parting ways with my agent after like 18 months. And it was just due to a difference in working and communication styles. So I decided I queried a little bit with a new project and I kind of got really fed up because it was, it had been a couple of years now. And I was just like, I believe in this book. I just want this book to get published. And since I've kind of exhausted my resources in terms of submissions, um, because you can't go back to an editor or publishing house once they reject it, that I just decided to submit directly to publishing houses that accepted on agented submissions And within two days, I had an offer to go with a small publisher out of the UK. And I knew that I was going to have to do a lot of marketing because they didn't have the budget um, to do a lot of marketing. So I was like, I'm fine with that. I have 10 years of social media experience. I can do this. And it got published and I've really marketed it like crazy. So it's been doing very well. And then I also got the series deal around the same time um, with another publisher because they liked my writing so much. So my journey, I mean, there's a lot of rejections. I've had over 300 rejections in my writing career. So I guess my advice to people that have an idea and they want to become a writer is to just get those words on the page um, and just keep going. Take every no as a not right now or a noble attempt and just keep pushing forward because eventually you'll, you'll get your yes. Yeah. I love that you kind of add that in because I think for anyone that's done anything in any career where they've excelled or kind of gotten to, you know, quote unquote, the top, they always give that piece of advice of like, you have to keep going, like you have to be determined because you're going to get so many different rejections. And if the first time or the second time or the third time you hear no, you're like, okay, well, this isn't for me. It's like, you're never going to make it to that place that you want to. And I think it's really hard when you're in the process and you keep hearing no, no, no over and over. But I I saw this quote one time, I think I had on Instagram at one point in time, and it was like, you have to learn to rest, not to quit. And I think that's just a really good reminder that, okay, if it gets to the point where you're like, so over it, it's like, okay, pause, you know, take a couple deep breaths. And then kind of like start that sprint up again because if you really want something it's like you you're gonna do whatever it takes to make that thing work right Uh, yeah I completely agree there were plenty of times I wanted to give up and I think just doing a reset and kind of taking a step back and before you take two steps forward is what really helped me and then my husband's been very supportive throughout this entire journey and even when I wanted to quit he wouldn't let me quit so I think having just a very supportive group around you whether it's a friend or a significant other or a family member really really helps with this process 
Yeah, I've seen your husband in the um in your TikTok and real. <laughs> he is you. You're both hilarious. Your dog is as well. Like the three of you guys. I'm like, can we just have a TV show? <laughs> because I was like, no. I was like, I'm gonna quit um, writing and just become an influencer. This is way easier. <laughs> just TikTok. Yeah, just, that's it. Just like be a TikToker. Is that what they or a TikTok star? Whatever. A TikTok. It's yeah, whatever it's called. I was like, this is more fun and it's way easier and I don't get rejected. <laughs> <laughs> Until the internet decides to cancel you. And then it's like, oh, wait, you know. I know. I've already gotten some mean comments. And so has my husband. And I'm like, what is wrong with these people? I heard. And I remember like reading your comments about how people thought the story was real and it was your life. And I'm just like, do people not like watch a thing to the end? Do they not read captions? And I'm like, you know what? They actually don't. So I'm not They don't. I was never, I never cared about those people thinking it was real because I thought it was so funny. But when I looked at the stats of the TikTok that went viral, it has like 4 million views. The average watch time is 27.1 seconds. And the actual runtime of that video is 29.4 seconds. So they are missing the part where I show the book. And then they're thinking it's my real life. Yeah. Yeah. Just a mess. The attention span of us all these days. Oh, I figured it out. 27 seconds is the attention span. (laughs) That even seems a bit long. So I feel like that that's great watch time right there. Um, So you were mentioning, I think you called it querying, querying, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So I'm also, so in, in addition to the writing process, right, you kind of touched base on the publishing process a little bit there and how you got those rejections. Would you say that was sort of like the most challenging part of the process or was there something that was even more challenging as you were going through just basically trying to get this book out there, especially because you believed in it so much and you found that you weren't getting that response from other people? Um, I feel like, so when I was querying agents, I like, I got an agent quickly with my second book, but my first book didn't. And then when I came back out with my third book, which is out on submission right now, um, I was getting a lot of rejections there. So like total, I racked up around a little over 200 rejections, I think maybe 250 rejections from agents. Um, And I thought that was really difficult. But then when I went out on submission with the perfect marriage with when I had an agent, and I was getting rejections there, that was really hard, because you know, these editors are actually reading part of the book with an agent, you don't really know if they're reading it unless they request a partial or full. And those are always hard. Um, I think it's when they actually read some of the book, like an editor will do or an agent that requests, you know, a partial or a full. That's when it's hard when they just reject based on a query letter. It's like, okay, you could have rejected for, you know, a 100 different reasons. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's what's hard. Yeah. It definitely seems tough. And I think that I remember reading about um, JK Rowling and her rejections with Harry Potter. And again, just goes to show it's like, you got to keep going because even with like writing, it's so subjective because Mm -hmm. I will. um, So now I'm like super on my fiction book reading thing. Like I used to read like a lot of nonfiction and now I'm just like really into, again, the thrillers, the mysteries, the murder mysteries, (laughs) that type of stuff. And I'll go on like Goodreads or something. That's actually where I found you because you were commenting back to people on Goodreads, which I thought was so cool like that you were so involved on there oh no I've um, never I've never commented back on Goodreads no you've never I saw okay well someone commented and it said it had your name no I wouldn't I don't no I would oh the only one I would comment on is when they comment on my I leave a review on my books but it's not really a review it's just saying like oh. thank you so much for giving or giving my 
a book a chance. Um, I love to connect with readers, that type of thing. So yeah, I would comment back on those. there. Okay. Yeah, I would not comment on someone's review. <laughs> No, no, it was one of the things where you were like, yeah, thank you for commenting. You were basically saying you like to connect with readers, which I thought was really cool. Yes. I was just like, oh, like that, I don't know. I hadn't seen that from any other books when I was looking at them on Goodreads from like the author with mm -hmm. that sort of comment. And I was like, oh, that's, that's actually really cool. Like you're very involved. And one thing with like the reviews is that it's so subjective. Like people either write, oh my gosh, this book changed my life. I love it. Or they're like, this is the worst book ever. Don't read it. So yeah. I think kind of going back to what you were saying, it's like, if someone's just reading like a little snippet of like what the book is about, they can't really get a, a great idea. At least I find that I can't until I actually read the book. Cause there's so, there's so many nuances with like the writing style and how you sort of make the characters express themselves and things like that, that you can't really translate as well through a synopsis. I feel. Yeah. It's, um, Speaking of reviews, it's very interesting seeing reviews um, because like I will literally get, I don't really read them anymore, um, but in the beginning I did and I would get like, this book was so fast paced and twisty. I loved it so much. And then the next one would be like, this book was so slow. And I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. And this is the perfect marriage. It's you've read it. It's not a slow yeah. book at all. No, <laughs> but it's like that. <laughs> or like someone will be like, I love like how twisty and dark it is and whatever. And then someone will be like, this book was too dark for me. And it's like, you know, I mean, I didn't write this book for everyone. So the ones that enjoy it, that's what I wrote it for the ones that don't enjoy it. I didn't write this for you. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a good thing. It's like when you write something like that, I feel like there are going to be people who don't like it because it is, there are things in there that'll come up that'll trigger someone or they'll be like, oh, actually, I don't like these types of books. And it's like, okay, well, why, why did you pick up a psychological thriller? <laughs> it's not going to be, you know, all roses and dandelions for the entire book. Um, but kind of touching base on like the actual writing style, right? I am so curious as to how, when you're writing, like, how do you tap into the character's mindset so seamlessly? Because in The Perfect Marriage, we go back and forth between two perspectives, right? And they're two very different perspectives. And I am just so curious how you do that from just like a mindset perspective, but then also from a writing perspective, like, do you write like one half first and then kind of go back and fill in the blanks with the other person's perspective as they're experiencing life on the other end or how does that work? Um, before I write a book, I will do what they call like character sketches. And so I did one for Sarah Morgan and Adam Morgan, which are the two perspectives in the book. So you have the husband and the wife. And I actually thought I would struggle with writing like a male point of view. Um, but I mean, the way that I wanted to write him, it kind of came out easy to do that. But before I started, was I basically give them a personality ahead of time. And I think of things like, okay, what would they, or like, what's all their favorite things? What are their personality traits? Um, if they got into this type of a situation, how would they react? And so if I really dig deep into like the main characters before I start the first draft, um, it makes it really easy to switch back and forth. Cause I have like this, this character sketch sheet that just tells me everything about them. Um, that I can re refer back to if I get stuck or if I'm like, I don't know how they would respond. I've already taken the time like to spend time in their head. Um, and with this, I wrote it right through. So I switched chapters every time. I didn't write one perspective and then the other. I know of some authors that do that, um, but I like to write literally from beginning to end. Um, and I don't like to jump around and write different chapters. It's rare if I'll write like an end before the, the beginning of the book or something like that or jump around. Yeah, I'm sort of the same way. I, I like to think almost like linearly in that way, right? Because mm -hmm. I know some authors will 
like you said, write the ends first or sort of skip around. And I'm always like, how do you not get confused about what's happening? I mean, I know it's your book, but still that sort of like confuses me a little bit. But in terms of um, the writing, was that something that took you a little bit longer to write than than maybe some of your other books where you aren't switching back and forth? Um, No, actually, I wrote A Perfect Marriage. I wrote the first draft in like, I think, three months. Um, I'm I'm a binge writer. I'm either like writing a book in like one to three months or I'm not writing anything at all. And that's just how I am. I'm all or nothing. I, I'm, I wish I was the per- type of person that would just be like consistent every day and like maybe write like 500 words or a thousand words. But I'm just like, uh, I, I like set goals of like 2000 to even 10 upwards of 10,000 words a day, which I have not done since the perfect marriage. Um, and I've written six books now. Um, two are published, the third will publish in April. And then hopefully these other two books, one's out on submission and one's with my um, agent, they'll sell as well. Um, but I actually find it, I think, I think I find it easier to write in first person, which this book was in first person for each of the characters. Um, mm-hmm. The series I write is in third person. And sometimes I have a little bit of difficulty with that because I like having a really close point of view. And with third person, you really have to work on making that point of view closer. Otherwise, if you don't, then all of a sudden it's distant and you don't want to be too distant unless that's the type of story you're telling. Yeah, I completely agree. That was one of the things I loved about The Perfect Marriage was that I felt like I was in the characters' heads. And I think you get that so much more with first person because you're like you know those little thoughts that you think that you don't say out loud like you get to hear that or you get to read that about the characters versus in third person it's sort of like I don't know it's a different vibe where you, you're almost sort of hearing how they're acting and you're trying to assume like are they like this are they thinking this and it, it it's a different you know way to read a book but I do prefer first person and I really like that I was able to kind of really be in the characters heads especially as things were kind of moving so quickly throughout this process and especially um at the end it was it was so good (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) of course um and okay what was your inspiration right because you know people get inspiration from like anywhere we could just be driving down the street and have you know a little hit of inspiration but did you actually get inspiration from like something that happened in life was it like a dream because sometimes I get like really cool inspired ideas from dreams I wake up at like three in the morning and have to write them down it's kind of disruptive but the ideas are always really good so where do you get inspiration for your book um specifically the perfect marriage and your other books as well um, with the perfect marriage, like people always ask me that. I'm, it's always such a dumb answer. It's like, I used to write screenplays back in like 2012 and I had like co-written like seven screenplays with my brother. And then I wanted to write a thriller screenplay with a strong female protagonist. And literally the idea of a defense attorney defending her husband when he's accused of murdering his mistress, like popped in my head. And I wrote it down in my idea book and that, but I did not attempt to write it until 2017 when I was actually like finished writing my first book. And I was like, this idea has been in my head for like five or six years now or whatever it was. I was like, I need to write this. And so I decided to write it. So there wasn't really anything from like the original idea that was like inspired by something. Um, But some of my other books, like the one that's out on submission right now, it is about 
a hair salon owner that gets entangled in a group of her wealthy clients. And when one of her clients ends up dead, it's only her and her accumulation of town gossip that can solve the murder. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I love the book. I hope a publisher picks it up, but what inspired that book was I was literally at a hair salon with like a hairstylist back in Wisconsin. Um, That's where I wrote the book. And I told her something about like personal about my life. And she was like, yeah, I remember you telling me that. And I was like, wait, I told you that. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I revealing in this chair? And so I was like, oh, people that work at salons, they hold a lot of information because I would overhear other people talking about their personal lives. And so that's what inspired that idea. Yeah, that sounds so cool. I, when you were uh, mentioning it, it literally has nothing to do with it. But um, I thought about this horror movie I recently watched called Bad Hair on Hulu. And it's just like, this woman gets this weave and it's evil and just... (laughs) just basically tries to like kill her or tries to like possess her and have her do crazy things. But again, nothing to do with it, but it just reminded me of that. Cause it's like the vibe of, you know, you go to someplace like a hair salon and it's like, there's so much there besides hair happening. Um, yeah. I need to watch yeah. that movie that you mentioned. I love horror films. So it's, I have to add that to my list. <laughs> it's not a great horror film. It's like one of those cringy ones like that you kind of watch and you're like, this is so bad, but I'm going to continue watching because I'm kind of curious how it ends. <laughs> it was perfect. It was a Hulu, <laughs> yeah. It was a Hulu original. Not to say that they're bad because Hulu has some good originals just like Netflix, but some of them are, you know, not there. I totally agree. I've seen some bad Hulu originals. (laughs) Yeah. So bad. They're good. Just like Lifetime movies. I I love a good Lifetime movie, honestly. Same. I'm obsessed. I like subscribe to it like a couple of months every year. (laughs) Same. I recently (laughs) got the Hulu live. So just so that I could watch Lifetime Movie Network all day as I'm working. So there's that. It's the best. (laughs) Yeah. Um, When you were talking about the idea, I don't know if you've read the book, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. But I she, did a long did time you? ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you know how she talks about like ideas and how they're out there and sort of like she describes them as like these floating entities that, you know, they latch on to humans to like bring them to life. And either sometimes like you'll get an idea and you're like, okay, maybe not right now. Or you'll get one, and you're like, oh, not for me. And like go find someone else. You'll get one and you're like, take it. I feel like your idea came to you and you were like, not right now. And it waited because it was like, no, you have to be the one to bring you to life. And it waited for you until you were ready. And I just love that. So, yeah. Yeah. I actually think about that. Cause I'm like, if I would have written that back when I thought of it, I, or like, I don't think it would have been very good. I wasn't a very, as or a very strong writer then. And it was when I started reading like tons of thrillers and I had written my first book. I was like, you know what? I read thrillers all the time. I think I, I I think I could write a really twisty one and pull this off. Mm -hmm. So if I would have written it back in like 2012, it would have probably never seen the light of day because it would have been so bad. (laughs) Well, we love timing and just kind of like leaning into divine timing as I have to say. So I love that. Um, so you gave us a piece of advice earlier, right? Which was just like, basically don't give up. Like if you have a dream, just like literally keep going and keep pushing and don't take no for an answer. But for anyone else um, listening or anyone listening rather that has hopes to write a book specifically, right? Like what is a good piece of just like writing specific advice, whether it's about the actual idea, the actual process, um, the publishing piece that you would give them? 
Um, well, I think first and foremost, I think you need to focus on your craft, um, find your voice. Everyone has a writing voice. So don't like try to emulate like other writers, find your voice um, and try to learn as much as you can read a lot of books, read them in the genre you want to write in, read them outside of the genre. Cause as you're reading, like even to this day, I will read and I will, I will like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, I love the way they phrase that. Or I love the way like the sentence structure, or I love whatever it might be, you'll pick up things that really work and you can incorporate them in your craft, not like your plagiarizing, but just, you know, maybe flow or sentence structure or something like that. Um, and then, yeah, make sure there's so many, there's so much free sources on the inter- resources on the internet about like, write how to write, how to come up with ideas, how to write a query letter, how to, you know, even come up with a, an actual plot, how to plot it out. Um, how to develop characters. There's so many great resources online. There's so many books about writing. So I I think that is what I did. I have a lot of um, books on craft. Like some of my favorites are Save the Cat Writes a Novel. I love Story Genius. And I love um, Stephen King's On Writing Memoir. I think those are all great for not only craft, but also motivation. So I think that's what, if you really want to, you need to start there and then you'll learn about the querying and the publishing process and all of that. That'll, that'll come. Yeah. But first you need, a, you need a product to sell to, whether it's to an agent or a publishing house. So, and you need, you need that product to be in the best shape possible before you put it out in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the free resources online. I think sometimes we forget that and people when they start something they're so quick to want to ask you know someone else who's done it like what should I do and go to that person I think it's good to have someone to ask advice from right kind of like how we're asking you (laughs) this advice yeah I also think it's good to go out there and like find the answers yourself because that is such a big part of the process I think when you like go through you know googling things like finding out how to write this way or how to do character development or how to do those query letters like you said it's it's like you get such raw and real experience that you can never trade for anything and I think that's such a big part of it is like not trying to have it the easy way right because like if you trying to skip steps is probably going to put you farther behind than actually like you know putting your head down and saying I'm going to do the work and I'm going to like figure out how to how to actually do this. Yeah. Another thing, like just along with looking at free resources or like, you know, books that are 10 bucks each to go get and read those books, just because in this industry, there is a lot of, you know, companies or people that claim like they're coaches or whatever else that want to charge, you know, aspiring writers and kind of capitalize on that. I think you don't need that. I think what you need is just to actually put in the work um, and find this information, these resources yourself. Um, obviously, some of them are going to cost money, like the books. Um, there are also like, you know, publishers marketplace for when you start querying, you'll want to get a subscription to that to help you find agents that are looking into or that will accept your book and see their past sales. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't think you need to spend, you know, thousands of dollars on writing courses or stuff like that. Unless like, unless you really need to like work on grammar or something. Yeah. And then it's just kind of like regular school. Yeah. (laughs) So so then we just go back to like, you know, doing like an English program or something like that, which, you know, again, if someone's working on like grammar and things like that, that could be a big piece. But then also like, I don't know, the way I think of it is like, you have an editor too. And not to say like, you know, you should be like awful at grammar going into something like this, but you don't have to be the most perfect at that piece because that 
isn't necessarily your job, right? Like you're relying on the editor and correct me if I'm wrong here. Cause that's how I, I view it. It's like, you're relying on the editor to sort of go over the book and say, you know, here's where you need a comma. Here's where you need to change the sentence structure a little bit, like things like that. Um, so when you're looking to, if you're looking to do the traditional process of like getting an agent and then having them take you to a publisher, agents are going to want to see a manuscript that is cleaned up as possible. It does not need to be perfect because they're going to have to edit with you. And that might be a reason they say no to you if it is too much work. Um, so I think there are some instances where yes, you should hire an editor. If you know, you know, that's not your strength. I actually hired, um, a beta reader, which is different from an editor. It's someone that looks at overall, I'd like the plot pacing character development, you know, big pieces that could be missing. Um, and I hired someone to do that, um, for the perfect marriage, which she really helped with my book. Um, she made it. So I added characters in that weren't there before. Um, I changed some backstories, um, and she was very valuable because sometimes you get so close to your project, you don't see the big things that could be better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think beta readers are great. You can also like work with beta readers. There's a lot of beta readers that don't charge, but she was just like, she specializes in it. So she was worth her weight in gold. <laughs> love that. Love when you invest in something and you get literally more back than you invested. <laughs> it. it makes it so much worth it. So um I'm curious about your experience writing your first book, right? Because we know The Perfect Marriage wasn't your first book. Mm-hmm. But when you did write the first one, what was something that came as a surprise to you, whether it was about the process, whether it was something that you learned about yourself, kind of like the the fact that you mentioned there that you're like a binge writer. Maybe that wasn't something you knew before. But I'm curious about that experience, especially when it comes to like writing your first book and how that was for you. Um, when I wrote my first book, um, it's a woman's fiction novel. It's with my agent right now. It was very close to my heart and I wanted to write it simply because writing a book was on my bucket list. And I was, it was like September of 2016. And I was like, I'm going to write this book. I'm going to finish it like the first draft this year. So I can just cross this off my bucket list. And I ended up finishing it. And I didn't even tell anyone that I was writing a book until I was almost done with it because I thought for sure I was going to give up and not actually finish it. So I wanted to wait until I was sure. And then I ended up falling in love with the process. Um, I loved like outside of my day job, having something that I was working toward. I love but kind of like something that was bigger than me and bigger than my corporate job. Um, I loved at the end having something tangible um, that I could show other people. And I also love like just um, with my husband, like being able to like share chapters with him and getting his feedback and him saying that he loved it, even though that first book was not good. Um, but I think I just fell in love with that process. And I learned that I, I literally thought I was not going to, I was not going to write more than a book. I thought that was just going to be it just to cross off that goal. And so I think that's something I learned about myself that I needed something more outside of, you know, like my day job. Um, to really keep me going and driven and focused on something. Um, And then I also learned it wasn't very good when I got like a lot of rejections on it. But it's funny because this actually a year ago, I think it was, I participated in a pitch contest on Twitter and I randomly pitched that book Mm -hmm. and I got a lot of interest and I reread it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so terrible. No wonder why I didn't get an agent with this book. And I rewrote that book in nine days mm-hmm. and wow. it's with my agent now. It's, it's a, it's very good now. 
Um, and I'm super excited about it because it's it's funny. It's about um, it's about a 30 some year old woman who wakes up in 2002 and thinks she's been given a second chance at doing her life over until she comes face to face with her 18 year old unruly self. So Ooh. it's kind of like Freaky Friday meets um, 13 going on 30. Mm-hmm. Totally different than like any of the any books I've seen with magical realism. Typically, if they, they switch bodies or they go back in time, mm-hmm. they're not with their younger self. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited like to see what happens with that because I think it's really funny. Yeah, I feel like I don't I'm, I'm thinking so far ahead. I'm like, oh, my gosh, wait. Hallmark movie? I don't know. (laughs) That could be something. Or they could bring back like those fun movies they used to have in the early 2000s, like Freaky Friday and all of them. Yeah, because I'm thinking I like I literally know no other networks right now besides like Lifetime, Lifetime Movie Network and Hallmark. Because I'm thinking because I think Freaky Friday used to be on like TBS a lot because like the comedy aspect of it. But I could like that literally gives me like vibes of like a show or a movie or something like that and I like it it's different than again the psychological thrillers but I also think that there can be something so endearing about like meeting your younger self right because we always think about the idea like oh if I could go back in time and like tell myself this or like warn myself about this or just prepare for this it's like I feel like we've all had those moments so to be able to actually do it it's like oh what would happen if you really got that chance and if you really got that chance it's like would you be frightened by what you were doing I feel like I would I would be a little frightened that's (laughs) that was literally how I thought of it because I was like oh my gosh if I met my 18 year old self I would hate her she was terrible oh my gosh it's like (laughs) you want to cringe at some of the things that you were doing or thinking and just be like oh my gosh but I'm sure when you know we're like 60 looking back now it's gonna be like oh maybe cringe at some of the things we're currently doing but they seem normal now you know so yeah that's just how it goes (laughs) yeah it's like that perspective that changes over time so I know you mentioned a couple different books that are coming down the pipeline um what else do you have sort of on the table are you like currently writing anything new that kind of that we haven't covered um anything happening in life like what can we expect to see I know you're keeping us up to date on TikTok and Instagram reels I find I'm like I'm watching the reels I'm not always on TikTok but I watch the reels but just give us like a little a little tea on what's happening Okay. Uh, yeah. I just, I always transfer all my TikToks to my reels now. Cause I'm like, Oh, oh I perfect. could just capitalize on both. And they started yes. going viral on Instagram too. So I'm like, cool. Growing both of these platforms. Yeah. Um, what's happening right now. So I have a book out on submission. Hopefully that sells. Um, I have a, the other book that I mentioned, the woman's fiction novel that is currently with my agent. So we'll go through edits and then she'll take it out on submission. Um, like I said, I, I write under a pen name, J.R. Adler, um, the series, um, Dead Woman Crossing is available now, and that's the first in the Detective Kimberly King series. And then the second book in the series is called Last Day Alive, and that comes out April 20th. Um, That's available to pre-order. And the reason I write under a pen name is because I had two different publishers, and my second publisher required a pen name. Um, So it wasn't my choice. I don't like having a pen name because that's double the social media I have to keep up with. Yeah. but I'm now I'm actually glad I have a pen name because in the beginning I was, I was very upset about it. Cause I was like, this is a lot of work. Um, but now I'm happy about it because the perfect marriage is so different from the series. Um, in the sense that, you know, the series is 
a mystery. It's atmospheric. Um, obviously it is a series. It's not a standalone. So the pacing is going to be different than a standalone where you get one book. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm happy because people can dif- differentiate between the two with the Geneva Rose. You're always going to get a twisty psychological thriller, um, mm-hmm. which Air Adler, it's just that series that I'm writing. Otherwise I am working on a new book. Um, it's, it's in the very early stages, but it is going to be, uh, twisty suspense thriller. And then I am, because I've gotten so much interest in the perfect marriage and the film and television rights have been optioned and, oh, I don't think you didn't know that. No, I didn't know. Yes. Um, it was finalized at the end of December. So they're looking to develop it into either a film or a TV series. Uh, They optioned both film and television rights. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's from the same team behind the like Twilight Divergent and Hunger Games films. Oh, this is going to be good. Oh Oh my gosh. This is going to, whether it's a show or a movie, I'm, I'm there. I'm watching. I'm excited. I can't wait. I know. I'm like, I can't decide what I, I mean, I would love either or, I guess. Uh, The only reason I'm thinking like series is because I have, there's so much interest in me writing a sequel and the film company actually has the first rights to a sequel, Mm -hmm. like for film and television. Um, And I, I have an idea of how the story could continue Mm -hmm. and so I've, I've, I keep getting so many questions. Is there going to be a part two? Is there going to be a sequel? And now I'm really considering writing a sequel to it. Yeah. Like maybe this is the sign, you know how they say, like when people keep asking you about a thing, it's like explore that. Cause sometimes it's a higher power speaking through those people. So it's, I had already thought of a sequel and I thought of a prequel idea too, way before this book was published. But I was mm-hmm. like, typically with standalones, you don't do that. Um, but I could see how I could do it. And there's, there is a ton of interest. I get messages every day asking, is there going to be a part two? I was like, I'm like, it's closed up, but I could open it if you want. We could open that Pandora's box. (laughs) I'm like, I would love to see what happens from there. Like whatever ideas you have, I'm like, I, I'm so curious. So I think that would be really cool to see a sequel. And especially if it's like, it continues in whether it's like show form or if in the movie it's like um kind of how like they broke up the divergent and twilight movies into Mm -hmm. like three parts i think each like if it were something like that i think that would be cool to see too because oh my gosh like that oh that would be so good so So i'm I'm like who would play who i don't even know who would play these people now i'm trying to think about it i like don't know actors names i just know their faces so i always picture um sarah as blake lively oh Oh, yes. I'm like, ever since I saw her in A Simple Favor, I'm just like, "Mm." that was such a good movie. I'm going to have to rewatch that. That was so good. I love that. And if they so well. Oh, yeah. She did amazing. And then if they actually be kind of cool, if they casted the character of Anne as Anna Kendrick. So it brings those two back together for a film would be kind of cool. (laughs) Oh, that'd be interesting. Oh, my God. Well, I will stay tuned, but I'll stay tuned very excited now this is like very good news i'm super excited to like see what happens but um well deserved because honestly it's such a great book and i'm so happy i like stumbled upon it. I actually found your book because i i read a lot of my books on apple and i went on to i was looking for i forgot what i was looking for but i couldn't find it on apple books and so i went to kindle and it was on like the kindle unlimited for that month 
And so mm-hmm. I ended up getting it there because I went looking for something else, but I read the synopsis and I was like, ooh, this sounds good. And ooh, I think wow. I finished it in like a couple of days because it was just so juicy. So well-deserved. I'm super excited to hear what happens with like the film and TV stuff. But um, I would love to just kind of wrap up this conversation with chatting about where we can find you on social. I'll obviously link everything below. And if you have the like the Instagram or the social for the pen, um, the pen name, uh, social media I would love to link that as well just so folks can also find you over there too okay um so my social media that you can find me I'm on Instagram at Geneva Rose author um and I'm on TikTok as Geneva Rose books um and then I'm also on Facebook at Geneva Rose for anyone that's read uh the perfect marriage I have a discussion a private discussion group over on my Facebook and yes. <laughs> that is where you can talk spoilers. I actually just did a, a massive Q&A. Like I wrote up all the questions that people kept asking me and I answered them all. So that is in there in a long form post. Um, and if I will be sharing information there about any any progression with the film and television, as well as I've already actually shared some of the ideas I have for doing a prequel and a sequel. So there's discussion there. Um, obviously I can't talk about that in the open cause it spoils the book. So it's just in the private discussion group and, and that's actually linked in my Instagram bio as well. And then my J.R. Adler pages are both linked in my, um, they're in, linked in my Instagram bio okay. as well. Okay. I think that's everywhere. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Geneva, for coming on today chatting with me about your writing process, about the book, about the upcoming media that we're going to be seeing. I've really enjoyed this conversation. And again, I think I've said it like a million times already, but I really love the book. I think it's just so good. It's highly recommend again to anyone who is into psychological thrillers or just trying to kind of add some more fun fiction books into their life. Because you know, we love reading nonfiction stuff, but sometimes it gets a little heavy. And I think sometimes you just got to take a little break, you know, and do like Netflix and chill, but for like reading and your brain. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you. That's what a lot of people have been saying. I've been I, actually, those are the best messages I've received that they're like, I haven't read a book since high school. And this is the first book. And I didn't realize reading could be fun. And I was like, yes. that's all I'm trying to do is entertain. I'm no literary writer. I just write commercial fiction. <laughs> But it's good. It's good because it is entertaining. It's like, you know, just it makes it fun again, right? And I get and I know a lot of people stop reading after school or they associate reading with like, you know, heavy text and learning and words they can't understand. It's like, nope, doesn't have to be like that all the time. Like you can just read a fun book and just curl up on the couch, get a blanket, get some chips, and it is literally the most fun evening ever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So thank you again for coming on and we're all going to find you on social if we haven't already and we're all going to go and buy The Perfect Marriage if we haven't already. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was great. Hi, my love. 
I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode.